Eagles Entertainment. Hi, this is Doug Peterson, and you're listening to the Eagles Insider Podcast with Dave Spadaro. Hello, Eagles everywhere, and welcome to the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Eagles Insider Dave Spadaro with you as the Eagles get ready for a road trip. On to Miami we go, looking to get back to 500 for the season and keep the heat on the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC East. Hope everybody's having a great Thanksgiving weekend. We've got a special guest here for the podcast, a man who has, in a very short time, gone through a lot in the NFL, wide receiver Greg Ward. Welcome, Greg. How you doing? Doing good. How are you? Good, man. Good. good. Um, congratulations on Sunday, uh, your you. first extended it. play. How was it out there in the field? Six catches, man, 40 yards. Man, it was great. Truly a blessing, man. It was fun to be out there. Did you, um, did you feel, I mean, you had such a great collegiate career. What did it feel like that whole morning going through the warm-ups, going out and, and went through the tunnel and getting, like, before the game, what was it like for you? Could you keep it really normal? I mean, uh, yeah, because I had a big job to do. And um, I knew those guys were counting on me, so I had to do my job. But, um, yeah, I, I, was, I was very excited, man. I was very excited. And um, I was just ready to go out there and, you know, show guys that I, I can play. Did you sleep the night before? No, I actually, I didn't. <laughs> I, I didn't. I only got, like, maybe five, six hours. So did you get up and, like, walk around? Did you watch TV? Did you get What did you do to, to no, kill the time? I got up, um, walked around, listened to music, ate breakfast. So exciting. Uh, Greg, let's talk about the journey. Um, I have your bio here. Mm -hmm. So you signed with the Eagles in 2017 after the draft. And since that time, I counted up 15 transactions. That is incredible. Mm. What kept you in this game? What kept you, what, what kept you chasing the dream? Um, honestly, I'm not just doing this for myself. I do it for my parents and my daughter. Um, my dad and my mom is a big, um, big believer in me. My brother's back at home, a big believer. And um, you know, I was just I just have somebody that's actually like looking up to me, so I I, I can't quit. It don't matter what I'm doing, I, I can't quit. So whatever I start, I have to finish. Even 2018 when you weren't with a team, uh, what did you do during that time? By the way, man, actually I, I was I was still working out. I was trying to find a job, um, like a regular nine to five yeah, job. Exactly, yeah. And um, but I, I kept hope alive, and some things worked out, and. Ended up back here. Incredible. Uh, so we'll get into the whole litany of things. Let's go back to your college days first, because your career at Houston, as a as a graduate of Temple University, I did not like you when you were in college. <laughs> you destroyed my owls. You and Deshaun Watson, this is a great statistic, you and Deshaun Watson from 2015 to 2016, the only two NCAA quarterbacks with 6,000 passing yards and 1,500 rushing yards. How much fun did you have at the University of Houston doing whatever you wanted on the football field. Man, I had a lot of fun. Um, the guys that you're playing with, those are the moments that you remember the most. Whenever you play with those guys, you make plays. And um, it was just it was just something that we always used to talk about in the locker room. You know, it's just try to make big plays and uh, try to be productive. So that, that was our whole mindset when we was out there. And that was Tom Herman was the coach, right? Yes, sir. And he is at Texas now. He's at Texas. And that, that offense was prolific. It, it, just describe the offense, spread offense. Yep. And just beat people by with with deception, uh, with athleticism, execution. I mean, you guys ran up numbers on top of numbers on top of numbers. Yeah. Whatever you gave us, that, that's what we're gonna take. Yeah, that passing game, run game, didn't matter. Whoever touched the ball, that's what we uh, who we was going with. And um, honestly, we, we were just gonna like stick to our routine that game, whether it was running or passing. We wasn't deviating from it. Um, and I think all all of us was hungry, offense and defense. And um, we just rallied together and 
made things happen. And Houston was interesting because in the American Conference, I mean, you know, it's not a Power Five conference. People don't give it much respect. Right. Biggest win at Houston, what was it? Biggest win, I would say um, Florida State. That's a huge win. Well, that team wasn't they're, – they're not the old Florida State. But I, I, I they had it was a lot a great of first-rounders. Did they? Who was on that? Who were Dalvin on that team? Cook, Jalen Ramsey. Oh, yeah? Yeah, Derwin. Okay. James. Well, yeah. I stand, I, that was a big win then. Yeah, they had a lot of them. Did you feel when you were in college, Greg, that you had an NFL career, an NFL career in front of you? Uh, yes, sir, always. Um, playing football has always been my dream. As a kid, from, from the time you were a kid? Yeah, been, been playing the game since I was five. Um, I always loved it since I was five. And I always dreamed of being um being in the NFL. That's why that's that's another reason why I didn't quit. As a when you were a kid, did you see yourself as a running back, as a quarterback, as a wide receiver? Which of the three? Because I knew it was with the ball in your hands. Honestly, just being in the NFL because yeah. that's very hard. You know, a, a lot of guys dream to be in the NFL and they're not um blessed blessed to do so. And some are. So um just being here, whatever I'm doing, just just to help the team, I know that um that I was gonna be an impact whenever I was young. Did you ever get approached about moving away from the quarterback position? Uh, yes, definitely. When you were in college? Yes, and I understood that. So, like, after practice, I would run routes. I would just do, like, footwork stuff, like, during the season. I was just preparing myself. And so then when you went, when you graduated from college, when you went to the uh, any workouts, did you go to the combine? Uh, yes, but I didn't participate. Because? Uh, I had an injury. Okay, so were you going as a quarterback or were you going as, a, going receiver? as a receiver? Interesting. How, like, for people who don't understand it, like, why is it so hard to go from, I know why, but, but from, from quarterback to wide receiver, how, how hard is it to be absolutely perfect every time you go out there? Um, I feel like whenever you're trying to transition, guys, um, guys normally just work on maybe one thing, maybe their feet or maybe just catching. Um, you have to put everything together to try to be an NFL receiver. And it, it is very hard. It's, it's going to take time. You have to be patient with it. But you also have to work on your craft every single day. Were you offended at all that people didn't think you could play quarterback at the NFL level? Not at all. Not at all. I understood that when, once I got to the NFL and, I, and they see me a receiver, that they was going to be satisfied. And um, honestly, I really don't get into what, what people say about me. As long as I'm making my family happy and I'm proving them right, then I'm, I'm good. It, do, you, do you think you could have played it? At the level in the NFL, I, as think a quarterback? I can do anything. So yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool. And uh, just as an aside, we all saw what's happened with Lamar Jackson. I know I talked to you about this maybe last year. He's doing his thing. He's doing his thing. Yeah. He just said, "Forget it. I'm not playing wide receiver. I'm going to be right. a quarterback." Yeah. Uh, so so you play. You're here in 2017. Eagles win the Super Bowl. You have a ring. Yes, sir. Where is that ring? It's back at home, my mom. Do you wear it ever? Nah. No. Touch it. Yeah, it's too it's gigantic anyway. Right. But what was the experience like, Greg, as a rookie, being part of a team that? found out how good it could be in the middle of the season and then just rolled with it, even with all those injuries? Um, that whole season was just amazing. Whenever we went out there to practice, man, everybody was everybody was like – it was just one, you know. Um, in practice, it was it was a lot of energy. In games, it was a lot of energy from the practice squad to the guys that were on active. It didn't, it didn't really matter. Everybody had energy. And then you – and then you – you know, after the season, you get signed to another contract. It didn't work out in 2018. And you didn't get depressed. How come? Because I still had my uh, my mindset. I still had a mindset that I want to be back in the NFL, regardless of what route it had to uh, be. That I I knew that in my heart I wanted to play in the NFL. So um, I just went back to work, um, fix fixed the things that I, I did wrong, and um, I ended up getting another shot. Do you get tryouts with other teams? 
Uh, yes, sir, I did. And what, why do you think, guys, why do you think teams never gave you a shot? Like, um, what, do they know, do they give you feedback? Uh, yeah, but, you know, it's just small talk. Um, maybe it's just because I didn't have film actually playing in games. Isn't that yeah, interesting? Yeah. Do you think people are honest in the NFL when they evaluate you? Um, if they say it, then I have to believe it. Yeah. So I mean, I would I think know. like somebody, if, if I were trying somebody out and I, I saw Greg and I say, hey, Greg, if you can work on this route, we'll give you a, but they don't even do that. They just say, hey, thanks. You look great out there. We'll yeah, get back in touch with you. Do, yep. And so you walk away with like your cleats over your shoulders, you're going back home and you're not, and you're disappointed and you got to pick yourself up. Where did all of this confidence come from? Is that how you were raised by your family? Yeah, exactly. I was raised, um, especially my brothers, my brothers and stuff that name me, my, my dad, my mom. Uh, just being patient, being humble, man. Um, not letting the situation get get like get you down if it's high or low. Just staying positive and staying hungry, man. Regardless of success or if you fail. Did you feel it coming, Greg, this year that it was that you were getting more reps in practice? They were taking a look at you. Uh, they were. Th I know they were thinking about bringing you up before they brought you up. Did you feel like you were going to get that shot? Um, honestly, I wasn't even thinking about it. I was just thinking about going out there and practicing, and making plays. Wow. That's my whole mindset every single day. It's you. You seem like you have a very um, great ability to just kind of focus on the moment. Yep. Am I am I being accurate? Yep. How that's uh, a lot of a lot of young guys don't don't have that ability. Um, when you got the word that you were going to be in the practice or be moved up to the active roster for a second time this year, thoughts going into last week's game during the week? Any sort of extra excitement? Different kind of preparation? You had never you hadn't been, been playing for three years. Right for 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 all of the competitiveness that you have in you, all of the uh, the the athlete that you are, somebody who's been playing football your entire life, it must have killed you on weekends to not go out and play football. Yeah, and then all of a sudden you get that call, you, you get the chance. Right, but, uh, I, but I actually utilize those weekends to do what? I where I work out. Did you really? Yeah, I by yourself. Yeah, doing what? I do footwork or I go in the weight room. Hmm. What made you fall? You love this game, don't you? Yeah. What made you fall in love with it? Man, just, I don't know. It's just, I, I fell in love with it whenever I was a kid. Yeah. And I've been around it all my life. I've been watching my brothers play. So so how did you think you did last weekend? Uh, I always think I, I can do better. And that's my whole mindset. I have to get better. I'm very critical on myself. Whatever I messed up, I feel like I need to, um, I need to fix it. You had six catches, 40 yards. Uh, did you have a carry in there as well? I think you did have a carry, no? No, I thought you had, uh, oh, that was just a, that was just a uh, yeah, a yeah, yeah. Uh, six catches, forty yards. You feel good about the way you, you caught the ball, the way you ran your routes, uh, um, the way how quick you were getting off the line of scrimmage, all that. I actually, um, I can actually do a lot better. When will you be satisfied, Greg? Never. <laughs> did you have fun last weekend doing it? Yeah, I, I did have fun. Did, did it feel fun. great getting hit again? Yeah, it did. It's weird how guys miss. Don't they don't. Um, they don't get hit, and they miss that that feeling. Okay, so what did one week of NFL action do for your level of confidence? Um, my level of confidence always been up there. It's always it's always been high, and um, just like I say, I, I I don't ever just get down on myself too much. I never get um, get too high on myself either. So um, my confidence is always high. I prepare the same every week. And um, I just keep everything just even killed. In what What do you think separates a uh, an NFL player from a really great college player who doesn't make it in this league? What do you think? That, what, what 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 do you have to have to make it in this league? Mindset and dedication. Um, it's it's, it's going to be hard times. It's going to be tough times. Um, as long as your mind is right, 
as long as you dedicate it to your job, then you're, you're going to be good. And so in all of those 15 times that you were signed, waived, uh, claimed, promoted, signed, ever get uh, bring you to tears? Of course. You know, you love the game. You, you care. You, you want to do good. You want to play on that stage. And, um, you know, without failure, there won't be success. That's so great. You have, to, you have to take that. And, 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 but it, you, you got over it really quickly and just got right back to work. For sure. That's amazing. Thought man. about it. Dropped, dropped a tear or two. Got, got back to work the next day. Good for you, man. And how old's your daughter? She's five. Good for you. And uh, did you have a large crowd at, at Lincoln Financial Field last week? You know, actually, my brother had been an Eagles fan since I was young. And um, this, this was his first game, and he got to see me play. So it was, it was a crazy moment. And so who did you grow up? You grew up in Texas. Who did you grow up? Don't say it, but uh, who did you grow up loving? You didn't love the Cowboys, I, I used to did love you? love players. I didn't love okay. teams. Your brother loved the Eagles, and he lived through. Yeah, he loved the Eagles. I don't, I don't know how. So that we're back talking like the Donovan McNabb kind of days. Yeah, nice. And tell him thank you very much for his oh, support. For sure. <laughs> he must, he must love seeing his brother. This must, this must make your family so proud. Certainly that you're that you play in the game and that you've got a lot of things coming your way, but the fact that you stuck to it, Greg, is that's what everybody should be doing, man. Don't give yeah. up on your dreams. Never. How long would it have, like? Did you like give yourself a time? Like, if I don't make it this year. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna end the dream. No, not at all. I understand that I'm going to fail, but, well, I'm, but I'm going to succeed as well. So, I mean, you have to fail. You have to. You have to fail to be great. Exactly. All right. Well, listen, Greg Ward. Uh, we are done talking about the football side of things. I have five questions for you, though. Five questions for Greg Ward. Tell me who is the class clown in this Eagles locker room? Ronald Darby. I've heard that before. The guy, man, when you do interviews with him, you'd never know it. He hides it. Man, that guy's <laughs> funny, yo. Okay. Uh, tell me who is the best dresser in this Eagles locker room? Uh, I would probably say Malcolm. Okay. Tell me, when you score a touchdown for the first time, do you have a celebration planned in your mind? I have a few, yeah. Okay. Will you keep the football? Definitely. Okay. It's going straight to my mom. Okay, number four, greatest football player you've ever played against? Played against? Yeah. Uh, Lamar Jackson. Okay. Or or Pat. I played against Pat in high school. Okay. Pat Mahomes. Okay. Uh, Jalen, how how good was Jalen Ramsey in college? He he was really good. Okay. He was really good. Number five. Uh, tell me three role models you've had in your life. People who really kept you on track. Um, my two older brothers. Well, actually, it's gonna be four. My both of my parents and my two older brothers. Okay. And did the older brothers? They were good football players. Yes, they were. To what level did they play? They went to high school. And, okay. You know, that was it. But one of them played college basketball. He were liked you, basketball more. Were you in the, uh, were you, was your high school like a, like a Friday Night Lights kind of high school? Yeah. How many people came, went to your games? Uh, I don't know how many people, but it was packed every single game. Yeah. Yeah. Do you get, do you, were you like a star in your, in your town? Um, I don't like You don't that. even get, you don't get, you don't, you're not, you don't have a big ego at all. Well, no. maybe you do inside. No. You have to, don't I mean, you, to play in the NFL? I mean, yeah, you have to. Believe in yourself, but I don't like to talk about myself and that it, type of stuff. Did you uh, did you sign an autograph when you were in high school? Uh, yeah, I believe so. I'm sure you did. I'm sure you did. I mean, if you Friday you know, Night Lights, right? They all kids, love it. Yeah, little yeah. kids always look up, look up to you whenever you high school player. So, do you think, Greg? Last question: that it's harder to make it in the NFL, to make the NFL, or to stay in the NFL? Um, I think it's harder to stay in there. Well, that's what we got. That's what we got coming up next. 
Greg Ward, six catches, 40 yards last week. Thrilled Eagles fans, who I'm sure gave you a lot of feedback because they've all been beating the drums. We want to see Greg Ward. We want to see Greg Ward. Congratulations on your uh, contributions last week. And Thank you. I appreciate let's it. go out and beat the Miami Dolphins on Sunday. For sure. Greg Ward joins us here on the Eagles Insider Podcast. Thanks so much to Greg Ward. When we come back, we're going to go to South Florida and find out about the 2-9 and nine Dolphins. And we're going to tell you why Miami becomes Philadelphia South for this very special weekend. Coming right back on the Eagles Insider Podcast, presented by Lincoln Financial Group. All right, time to go behind enemy lines right now. Alain Poupar, Dolphins.com lead writer, editor at Dolphin Digest, and a longtime friend of mine. Elaine, how you holding up, buddy? Long season, huh? Yeah, it's been it's been interesting to say the least. How are you, Dave? I'm doing fine, thanks. It's been interesting here as well. Uh, I guess we haven't lived up yet to the expectations, very high expectations that the Eagles fans have for this team. Have the Dolphins exceeded expectations for what the fans thought? Because prior to the season, everybody wrote this team off like it was the worst team ever put together. Not only have they exceeded expectations, they've actually disappointed a small percentage of fans, <laughs> and don't ask me why, who actually wanted this team to not win a single game to make absolutely certain they would have that number one overall pick to be able to take Tua Tagovailoa, uh, the quarterback from Alabama. Uh, obviously, the Dolphins are trying to win games, and they managed to do that a couple of times against the Jets and the Colts, uh, and they've played infinitely better in the in the past, let's say, couple of months than they did in those first couple of weeks of the season when it looked really, really, really bad to be to be to be nice about it. Alan, the, the Dolphins have won two of their last four games, so there has certainly been some very tangible improvement, and we'll talk about that. But first, let's go back. They, they make some trades. Give us recap the trades, if you would, and the draft capital that came back to the Dolphins, and and why people in Miami are excited about the future. Okay, and you'll have to forgive me if I forget a couple of them because there were quite a few. I mean, it started in the offseason with Ryan Tannehill being traded to Tennessee. Basically, Ryan Tannehill had been with the Dolphins for seven years and had shown that he's a solid quarterback who's going to get you eight and eight, nine and seven at best, but maybe not going to get you over the hump. So they were able to pick up a fourth-round pick. Next year in that particular trade, they traded Robert Quinn to the Dallas Cowboys, picked up a five in that particular deal. Uh, like I said, I'm going to forget some of those trades. And the two significant ones this year was the one with Houston, where, interestingly enough, the Dolphins initially contacted the Texans about maybe getting Jadavion Clowney to come to Miami. That didn't work out, but the Texans were like, okay, uh, how about you, what would it take for us to give you Laramie Tunsil? And the Dolphins basically kind of set a price very, very high because they didn't, they didn't really want to move Tunsil, but the Texans kept coming and kept coming and kept coming eventually forked over two number ones and a number two. And at that point, the Dolphins basically said, well, we like Tunsil, he's a good player, but that's a trade that's just too good to pass up. So picked up an additional first-round pick there. And then the last significant trade, or one of the last significant trades, was Minka Fitzpatrick. And the issue there, he was not a guy they wanted to trade, unlike Tannehill and Robert Quinn in the offseason. But the issue was that Coach Brian Flores had a vision for how he wanted to use Fitzpatrick in the defense, which was a jack-of-all-trees type of role in the secondary, which, by all appearances, Minka didn't particularly care for, and basically then made it known that he would not be opposed to to being shipped out. And then 
the Dolphins proceeded to go ahead and make calls, and they wound up getting a number one pick from the Steelers. And as luck would have it, uh, Fitzpatrick's become a key part of that Steelers defense, getting takeaways all over the place, and the defense is carrying the Steelers to a much better record than anybody would have thought after they lost Ben Roethlisberger. But as it stands right now, you're looking at three first-round picks for next year. They're on the one from Houston, the one from Pittsburgh, two second-round picks. They have two first-round picks the following year, uh, and I want to say two second-round picks as well. So they have major, major draft capital over the last two seasons where this thing could turn around in a hurry if they make the right picks. Is there confidence, Alan, that Brian Flores is the right coach, that he has motivated uh, this team, very difficult job to do, and from a strategic standpoint that he's the guy? I would say that's a pretty resounding yes. I think that's if, if there's one bright thing about this season, which for the most part has been a tad forgettable, is that the Dolphins do seem to have the right coach in place. And you can see that his teams, I mean, there's no nonsense type, type of guy, uh, even though they don't want to call it New England South, but you could see a lot of those of those elements, which is a team that does not penalize itself very often. Uh, last week, of course, that Cleveland was an aberration because there were a lot of DPI issues there. But for the most part, they've been, I believe, entering last weekend, they were the least penalized teams in the penalized team in the NFL. I don't know if that still holds true, but they're among the leaders there. So, uh, And then he also shown a willingness to, to take some gambles. Uh, there have been a few fake punts. There was a fake field goal. Uh, yeah, I do feel very confident they have the right guy in place. How about the, from an Eagles standpoint, what should the Eagles be concerned with on Sunday? I know, you know we know Fitz Magic. He gave the Eagles Fitz last year, beat them in Tampa. But And, and he, we know he's ageless, and he's got the big arm, and he can still move around a bit. Overall, though, from an offensive standpoint, what do the Dolphins bring to the table that should worry? And Eagles defense, Allen, by the way, ranked number one in the NFL in yards allowed, third downs. Uh, really great percentage since week eight of this regular season. Well, if you look by the numbers, the, the, things that, the thing the Dolphins – do well offensively is throwing the ball because the running game has been a problem the entire season. Uh, the numbers are rather abysmal in that category, uh, but they have thrown the ball really well. Devontae Parker has really emerged, having a breakout year. He's on pace to, for his first career 1,000-yard season. Uh, he's the guy who's really stood out. Mike Gesicki uh, from Penn State having a nice second season. He's really come on the last few weeks uh, because they've been dealing with some injuries. Uh, in the receiving core with uh, drafted rookie Preston Williams going down after he had been starting and leading the team in receptions. This week they put Jakeem Grant on IR, uh, but those two guys have really come on of late, and, and Fitzpatrick overall has played very well. How about from a defensive standpoint? I know last week down 28 nothing into the second quarter against Cleveland, big plays hurting. Uh, in general, I didn't seem to see that that was a big problem with the, with the Miami defense. No, they had been playing much tighter on defense. Early on, they were getting dashed all over the place, and they had so many new faces uh, to assimilate and, and bring together that that was an issue. They started tightening up. They played very good defense uh, for a couple of weeks, uh, that first half against Pittsburgh, against the Jets, against the Colts. Um, and then last week, it kind of slipped a little bit. But they have some good young talent on defense. That's where most of their young talent is. You're looking up front at Von Gachos having good care Along the defensive line, the rookie first-round pick Christian Wilkins has played pretty well. Uh, at linebacker, Jerome Baker, uh, third-year guy, second-year guy from Ohio State, had a nice season. Raquan McMillan, the linebacker from Ohio State, also played fairly well. Uh, in the secondary, they have a 
bunch of young guys, including former Eagle Ryan Lewis, who had his first career pick last week, uh, who's now playing a significant role. But they, they have a couple of of guys on IR, uh, Rashad Jones, Bobby McCain, uh, to go along with Rashad, uh, Rashad Jones, Bobby McCain, to go along with a couple of the guys who were not there from earlier this season, including Nick Fitzpatrick, and they had the veteran T.J. McDonald in, in camp before they let him go. So it's a really, really young secondary, and with that's going to come some ups and downs. Uh, they had a couple weeks where they played really, really well. Last week against Cleveland was a bit of a tough one. Alan, last last question here. Uh, the One of the other moves that the Dolphins made in the offseason was to bring in Josh Rosen, and they were going to give him a shot to be the franchise quarterback. Certainly doesn't seem to have worked that way. What is it about Josh Rosen? Is he, you know, is he ever going to find his way in the NFL? That's a great question. Here's what I would tell you about Josh Rosen is, you look at him, he looks the part. I mean, he's got the great size. He's got a good arm. I mean, that ball comes out with some zip. The thing that's happened when Josh Rosen got in games is the processing and the, the decision-making in the pocket is, is not quick enough. Uh, and that leads to some late throws into coverage, and that has led to some sacks that maybe he shouldn't be taking. That's been the issue with him. Um, he had a couple of spurts, and then he started to struggle against Washington. It was week six after they came back from their bye. Really, really had a tough time. Had a tough time with the protection. They brought in Brian Fitzpatrick at the start of the fourth quarter. They were down 17 nothing. All of a sudden, the offense starts moving the ball like crazy. They, they barely lost that game on a missed two-point conversion. And then it's just been Fitzpatrick from that point because as, as it basically Fitzpatrick right now is the better quarterback and the Dolphins are trying to win games and it's clear at this point that Fitzpatrick gives them a better chance. Uh, now, Coach Flores, the Josh Rosen question keeps coming up almost every week uh, when Coach Flores does his press conferences and the question is always how is he progressing and all that. And the answer is always he's making progress in things that you guys don't see in terms of getting the ball out more quickly. So obviously that's clearly the one thing that needs to happen for Josh Rosen to become a successful NFL quarterback. He needs to make quicker decisions in the pocket and process things quicker. Will that happen? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but again, he, lo- he looks the part and he's got all the physical traits. Interesting. Alan, we thank you so much. See you on Sunday. Absolutely. Good talking to you, Dave. All right. Alan Pupar, we thank him for joining us here on the Eagles Insider Podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group. Let's set the scene for you here. South Florida turns into midnight green for the weekend. We'll tell you how in just a moment. South Florida is going to be a wild scene this weekend. Eagles fans descending upon Miami, and we want to get a see, kind of a, a feeling for what it's going to be like. Craig Chanosky, a.k.a. Quimby, the man who runs Green Legion, is down there. And on Saturday, we're going to stop by their big pep rally with some Eagles flavor, Lito Shepard, Swoop, cheerleaders. We're going to make this thing a big party. Miami is always such an incredible destination. And you guys, Green Legion, do such an amazing job getting the fans to the destination where the Eagles are playing. How big is this kind of in the context of... Eagles road trips that you've had? This is actually number two, uh, and only by about 100 people less. We had 2,200 in San Diego in 2009. We are at 2,100 here, and unfortunately with the Thanksgiving holiday, we got to stop taking reservations where we might have actually eclipsed this and been number one. I guarantee if it wasn't over Thanksgiving, 
this would have dwarfed every trip that we ever ran. But right now we're we're 2,100 people, and we're actually finishing up the setup here on Sunrise Lane where the parrot is because we closed down the entire street for uh, the entire weekend. Wow. It's, it's really an amazing scene. I mean, the, now the parrot, the the proprietorship of the parrot. There is a an Eagles connection there. That is the Eagles Bar in South Florida, in Miami. As people have worked at this bar over the years, the ownership has passed on from Philadelphia to continue its proud tradition of being, heck, one of the best Eagles bars, if not the best, arguably that you could ever travel to when you're outside of the city. Quimby, what is the weather going to be like this weekend? What's it going to be like on game day? I'll tell you what, I'm sweating already, Dad. <laughs> it's probably 78 degrees. If I haven't been running around carrying boxes everywhere, I'd probably be extremely comfortable right now. It's, it's, it's excellent. That's the forecast for the entire weekend. A little bit warmer on Sunday, but uh, as, as we all know, Hard Rock Stadium is not what it looked like eight years ago. It's completely covered, and uh, you won't have any issues as far as being uncomfortable or or too hot. Yeah. Hey, man, Willison, thanks for organizing everything. Thanks for giving us a few minutes here today. And, I mean, honestly, Saturday night, like, describe what it's going to be like when we get down there. Because I've never seen, you know, this kind of – I guess we saw it in, in California a couple of years ago, actually, out in, Mal- in Malibu. But, I mean, it's like a, literally a block of Eagles fans. 100% all street, nothing but green, beer trucks, stage, like you said, Lido Shepard. Hollis Thomas will be here with us. Uh, William Fuller will be here. Fred Barnett will be here. Carlos Emmons will be here. It's gonna it's gonna be a blast, and they're all just out mingling with everybody, not uh, not on stage, away from everybody, where they can't be approached. Autographs, photos, completely acceptable. That's what they're down for. It should be uh, should be nothing short of amazing. Hey man, we thank you so much, Quimby. Great job, and uh, we'll see you on Saturday night. Dave, thanks for having me on. All right, we thank. Craig Chanosky, a.k.a. Quimby, from the Green Legion, who is turning South Florida into Eagles South this weekend, as usual. So we are excited about that. We're excited to get down to Miami. Eagles, obviously, right there. A win on Sunday ties the Eagles with the Dallas Cowboys in the NFC East at 6-6. Six and six. There is life in this Philadelphia Eagles football team. That is for sure. I want to thank Trevor Hayes and... Peter Kelly for putting this all together. Thank you for joining us. Eagles insider Dave Spadaro here. Join us on Sunday, 1230. We start with the kickoff show presented by Exalta. Get you ready for the Eagles and the Dolphins. And then we got you covered all the way through the game, all our social channels, everything. Everywhere the Philadelphia Eagles are, we're going to be live for you on Sunday. And then we've got the postgame show presented by Rico, as well as our Eagles Insider podcast instant reaction, Eagles-Dolphins on Sunday. Make sure you subscribe, rate us, and give us feedback here through all of the channels here. We want to hear from you, and we want to pass the word. We want to thank Greg Ward for joining us, Alain Poupar, and Quimby from the Green Legion for our Eagles Insider podcast presented by Lincoln Financial Group, our tailgate edition on this Friday before the Eagles take on Miami. Thanks, everyone. Have yourselves a great Eagles day, and fly, Eagles, fly. E-A-T-L-E-S, Eagles!